You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Interference Archive is a social space, exhibition venue, and OpenStax archive of social movement material. Our work is rooted in the belief that our shared histories should be held in common and accessible to all. I'm Carol Wells. I'm trained as an art historian, and I've been a political activist fighting for social justice since the 1960s. Carol is the executive director and founder of the Center for the Study of Political Graphics in Los Angeles. The center is an educational and resource archive that contains over 90,000 objects, including the largest collection of post-World War II posters in the United States. In this episode, co-founder of Interference Archive, Kevin Kaplicki, visits Carol for a tour of the archive. And this is the archive. We totally gutted it. Okay, we have 100 flat files. Every flat file has five drawers. That's 500 drawers. Every flat file has between, I don't know, 20 and 50 posters. And so how, how are they organized? And or do you have them organized by theme? or We like have them. How? We have them. Or, some of them are organized. If we have enough by an artist, we'll have artist drawers. Um, like Malakias Montoya has an artist drawer. Renee Medeiros has an artist drawer. Um, we've got, I don't know, 10 drawers on Che Guevara from all over the world. Because we kind of try to figure out where are people more likely going to want to find them? So this was, both suites were totally full of offices. We took down a few walls, but mainly left. So this is like the business end. And if you'll notice, there's not, that's the only desk, real desk in the whole place. Because everything else is flat files with a piece of wood on top. Right. So, and there's... Yeah, you have to modify... Flat files, flat files Your everywhere. storage to be surface area. And we keep... I mean, this this had no flat files when we first moved in. Um, these three were donated to a friend of mine who was from this Rand Corporation, CIA West, as in Pentagon Papers Rand mm-hmm. Corporation. And they've always been called CIA West by those on the left. Okay. They've always denied it. But then they, we got these flat files and... Oh my God, are you kidding me? I am so not kidding you. I'm so not kidding you. These are all the, the CIA maps of the and world. They happen to give it to a radical all left. The, places. <laughs> the graphics collected in the CSPG are primary source documents. Carol acquired many of these materials while they were being distributed during political movements and before they were thought to be historic or rare. You know, the first exhibition was about the Nicaraguan Revolution that that a few of us brought back in 1981. So they were, you know, they were fresh off the press. They were, they weren't, and everybody was collecting them, so it wasn't like it was a rare object. And that exhibit traveled from 81 to 89. That traveled all over the country and Canada for... A long time and I often went with it and that's when I started collecting posters the main audience was organizers was grassroots organizers and activists because we didn't know our own history we it's like we're always reinventing the wheel but some of these posters tell you what worked and what didn't work a generation ago or more so I really created this to be an 
a, a resource for activists. Some of the primary source documents can even serve as a counterpoint to other sources from the period. For example, newspapers. And I always use the Ben Sean story to disprove one of the, the main myths of the Second World War. And one of the main myths is that the U.S. government didn't know what the Nazis were doing. They didn't, get, they didn't realize that they were extermination camps, that they were wiping people out. Oh, if we'd only known, we would have gone in sooner. So this is the Ben Shan. This was a U.S. government poster. Yeah, June 11th, 1942. So it's six months after the U.S. is in the war. It is officially announced all men of Ladice, Czechoslovakia, have been shot. The women deported to a concentration camp. The children sent to appropriate centers. The name of the village was immediately abolished. June 11th, 1942. Okay, so that's pretty clear what the Nazis were up to just yeah. six months after. But then I found this other poster by uh, Leopoldo Mendez. Mendes, yeah. Same time, 1942. Deportation to death, showing the cattle cars. Yeah. The artists knew. You cannot tell me the government didn't know. Frank. So I use these posters as a way of revealing the government lies. It doesn't happen this clearly too often, but it's <laughs> well, great when it does. Right. In addition to the archive, the center organizes exhibitions and other projects off-site, including a traveling exhibition on the history of boycotts. Every, every progressive person has been involved in, in a boycott, boycott of some or other. In some form or another, right. right. Uh, my daughter and I co-curated it, so the two of us, you know, did this exhibit together and called boycott. This boycott, the art of economic activism, and um, it starts with the Montgomery bus boycott, and then it goes to the the international, you know, the boycott of South Africa, the divestment boycott movement, South Africa. Again, it's all the little thumbnails with with the United Farm Workers boycott. So all these boycotts that. That, that make a lot of people nostalgic Nostalgia. for the activism they once had. Um, Shell oil boycott, that's all part of the apartheid one. Right. Um, then, then some uh, killer coke, GMOs. I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the, the range. It ends with BDS. And it functions as a historical chronology of a tactic and these objects. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really, really, yeah. it's a special way of being able to present politics to people and activism. So. Right. For the last five or six years, we've been doing exhibitions every year at a food court downtown, which if you haven't, if you haven't been there, I'll tell you about it later. It's called Mercado La Paloma, and it's owned by a, an affordable housing organization. It used to be a sweatshop. So even its history is interesting. And the downstairs has got all these first-time vendors, some of them were street vendors who never had bricks and mortar before. It's like a communal eating, all these food stands or sections all open. And then all, all these walls, and then these are all scattered throughout the communal eating area. Nice. Some of the vendors aren't so happy because their customers have complained. Because of the content? Because or? of the content. Um, but the, the organization that owns the building says, this is, we're keeping them. Well, we had, the beat, we had the boycott one up there, and one of the customers destroyed about five or six posters. He was totally offended. 
Like Interference Archive, the CSPG has a very open collections policy and is receptive to donations. There's only two points to our collection policy. Um, it must be overtly political. doesn't matter what the politics are, because everything is political, every advertisement. So if we did everything for its subliminal politics, forget it, we'd be gone. Um, so it has to be overtly political, intentionally political, and it must have been done in a multiple. And the reason for the multiples both is, is, is twofold. One, as this was really started as a resource for activists, the multiple has a more politically engaged purpose. This isn't my idea. This is our idea, that we were meant to be seen at different places at different times, held by different people. So that's that's like the political reason. Then there's the practical reason. We would, ha we would have run out of room if we collected. <laughs> because then we ha would have to start making aesthetic and political and other kinds of evaluation. We don't, we don't judge um, on, on the aesthetics, on the politics, or the condition, as long as it's overtly political and done in a multiple. And it can be a Xerox. I mean, it can be something that was done as a photocopy. That's okay, too. But it can't just be a handmade sign that says, I hate war. We got a call from somebody who said um, he had a bunch of uh, anti-choice posters he would like to donate. I said, great. And he was very surprised. I think it was fake. I think he was trying to do something that would, like, so he could legally challenge our 501c3. So anyway, so this person said, oh, like he wasn't expecting me to say yes. And, and he never called back. The collection grows every year, and the process of cataloging and digitizing this huge collection is ongoing. You know, we get between two and 5,000 posters a year donated. We have about a quarter to 30% of the collection cataloged. That's like full-level cataloging, measuring artist material, full text. 10% yeah. of the collection is digitized. So 9,000 digitized images. I know it sounds daunting. It is daunting. You've been listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. The archive is collectively run and volunteered powered, and we rely on donations to keep us up and running. To support what we do, just go to interferencearchive.org and click on Donate. From all of us at Audio Interference, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.